Welcome to episode 467 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright, right, team, welcome along to episode 467 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Sensational, Bevan. I've been laid over. I'm still still in Kona. Been here for an extra week. It's quite funny, really, because in real life, you're back in Christchurch and I'm in in (laughs) Bali, but in this moment in time, you're in Kona and I'm in Christchurch. Crazy podcasting world we live in. We are tricky tricksters. There's no denying it. Yeah. Jumbo, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes And extreme endurance Your lactic buffer And we've also got to say big thanks to our patrons And let's name a few here right here, Jumbo Paul the Tiger Munro oh, James the wise one Botel Richard, don't mess with the scary bear Waddington <laughs> I love that one <laughs> Good old Gareth the mighty Flynn <laughs> Brett, a rainbow man, somewhat. And he was saying we gave him that because he was wearing a pink top. So was it, was it, was it, was it, we weren't playing his gay. Was it what it was? I think so. No, no I all... think he was. His his wife has got um, cancer, so I think he wears pink uh, because oh. in no, because Australia, rainbow least, because the rainbow uh, flag is the gay flag. Not not that I, I'm not you know I'm not yeah, yeah. you know but yeah it was just yeah anyway. Um, and this week's show we've got some news. We've got. What have we got, John? Pretty got- limited news. Yeah. We've, got, we've got basically just got a little bit of news, and then we've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview with Dan Stubleski, who was the winner in our first age group finish in Kona last year. And the and guy who had just, the fight. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then just uh, a couple of questions or comments at the end. Didn't, they didn't actually have a fight, did they? They just kind of got a bit ruffled up. Give them a little push. You'll, you'll hear about it later on. <laughs> Sensational. It was big news at the time. Okay, guys. Uh, so let's talk about, first of all, we've got some news coming up. And again, John and I are away for So if, if WTC is sold to um, you know the World Wrestling Federation, WWE, over the last couple of weeks, <laughs> we're so we missed that. Imagine that. Imagine if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they may have come out with their solution to the lottery. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, we will get back to that. I think our next show back in the studio is June twenty third, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. We may be a little bit later that day because I I want to sleep in a little bit. So, but uh, well, I get home and it's Where's one o'clock in the morning. I get home. So oh. yeah, I'm, I'm sleeping in. You, you're gonna have to wait that day. Jumbo, we've got Iron Man Ken's coming up. Cameron Brown's doing it, but you, it's actually a pretty good field, isn't it? It's actually a stellar field. It's a great field. So uh, we've got Cameron Brown, seeded number one, a bib number one. We've got Luke McKenzie, two. James Kanemar, the three. Dylan McNeese, four. Frederick Cronenberg, five. Courtney Ogden, six. Peter Robertson. And then the rest, Peter Robertson in there. And, yeah, so I'm going to be really interested to see how it sort of pans out because Dylan will lead out of the swim. We know that. Luke McKenzie, if he's swimming well, might almost keep up with uh, Dylan or at least be in the same neck of the woods, whereas Cameron Brown will be um, a little, uh, quite some way back, you know, could be four to five minutes behind Dylan. Um, and James Kanana, uh, Kanama, not quite sure where he'll come out. But, yeah, could be quite a few different dynamics. I know that Dylan, whilst he's had fantastic um, races at Challenge Wanaka, didn't have his best race in Taupo. Still did a good, steady day at the office. Had a really good swim and a good run, but I know he was uh, you know, probably not overly thrilled with the way that he biked. Um, so if he could get away with Luke McKenzie and they build a big enough lead, who knows what might happen. And Luke McKenzie hasn't really done huge things since he had his sort of breakthrough race in Kona. You know, He's got a, a kid now and uh, running around looking after that child changes things a bit. I uh, don't know if he's had any injury issues or anything like that, but we haven't seen anything to the same standard that we saw in Kona a few years ago and James uh, Kanema as well we know on his day he can be uh, an absolute weapon so you've got four really big hitters at this race so it should and, be and uh, knows what interesting Robert will do. Mm. you know mm. like Robbo yeah. I don't think he's ever, he's, I mean, at, at, at this race last year, you know, coming off the bike it was um, Robbo, Cameron Brown and um, who's a skinny dude skinny Australian Name, name eludes me at the moment, but he got in the top 10 in Kona last year as well. Skinny Australian. Can't think of his name. 
Yeah, skinny Australian. Where's the giant gear? Annoys me now that I can't remember his name. Anyway, they were. Uh, Peter Robinson was going head to head with those guys early in the run, but he hasn't really shown the same level of talent or results uh, as those other guys. But who knows? He could pull it out. The dude can run. Um, why do you think? And I've got why, to say, why do you think Kansas attracted this field? Because it's actually a pretty good field, for, and it's not a great. It's, it's not a big paying race, is it? No, I think uh, well, Dylan needs um, some more points to be able to qualify. So he's got good results from Ironman New Zealand uh, and also a good result from the 70.3 in Auckland. So he need he needs points. Luke McKenzie, I would imagine he probably needs points as well. Cameron Brown is just, um, yeah, he's a last year defending champion. He's probably got a good contract with um, WTC Asia Pacific to do more races down here because when his name is on the start list, uh, it is going to create some media attention because he is such a legend of our sport and he's just uh, loves racing. And you've got to remember, these guys have got to make a living. So it's, um, you know... Uh, it's a close race for him, especially oh. the guys with family. It's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic that that's um, mm. the case. It's just, you know what? I've gone to the Wikipedia page for the 2015 World Championship. Oh, oh, 2014. That's why. Mm. <laughs> 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 okay, go back to go back to the and girl side of things. Ah, uh, take a pause. Take a pause. Take a pause. What's happening? Got someone knocking at my door. Oh. Got someone knocking at my door. They keep me knocking at my door. They keep me knocking. What I'll talk about here is what I'm going to pull up here is the Ironman 2014 World Championships. I'm going to try to predict. John's giving someone a hug in the background. Thanks for coming along. Really appreciated the camp. Um, you know, it's just, you've changed my life, John. You really have. Oh, and look at the sun today. I'm just doing commentary on what I was seeing here. So we look at the top 10 in Kona. In 2014, can I get the 2014 top 10? They're not giving me a year. Oh, man, this is not... This is... Okay, give me 2014 World Championships, Kona. No, they're not giving me the top 10. This is not great podcasting. I'll definitely edit this out. Sorry, just one of the athletes is leaving. Okay, we're back, John. I'm I'm not sure when I'm going to cut that bit out because I waffled for a bit. And I was oh, doing, did you? Yeah, I was doing I was doing a commentary on your saying goodbye to the person you're saying goodbye to. And uh, Diane Kalshnager is a fantastic athlete. She uh, looked after us when we went up to um, Vancouver before Epic Camp Canada, and she was second in her age group over here behind Mimi. You know Mimi? Oh yeah, Devin, yeah, Mimi, yeah. Mimi's lo- lovely. I love Mimi. So, and this woman can run, and she's got this a bit. Quite topical because we had um, Hal Towel on the show a couple of weeks yep. ago. People and, love that um, Yeah, and we also, Diane basically runs at a cadence of 200 as well. And she is just an axe. Uh, she just just runs along these little pistons and her oscillation, we've talked about that before. You know, if, if I put her in a hallway, her head would not, you know, a really hallway with a really, really low roof with maybe 10 centimetres to spare above her head, she would not bang her head. She had basically very very little oscillation she just runs up a storm um so if you ever see her out there and or on the start list and the was she now i think she's in the 50 to 54 age group if she's in the start list you're going to need a good 10 minutes on her coming off the bike jumbo i figured out who the, who the australian is wait a second so let's talk yes. chicks and let's talk chicks and, and kings first. let's talk chicks Bevan. let's talk chicks okay so you talk chicks also got a good, uh, you know, the, the two that really battled it out there last year was uh, Liz Blatchford and Gina Crawford. Went sort of toe-to-toe, and Liz Blatchford, from memory, had the better of her last year. And then seeded number three is Beth Gerds, who I think is Luke McKenzie's wife, I think, or partner. And then Michelle Bremer and Rebecca Preston. So good few girls there, but in all reality, it's more than likely going to be a ding-dong battle between Gina and Liz Blatchford. And at this stage, more recently, it seems like Liz Blatchard has had the upper hand, but you know, Gina can pull out a stellar date, she could take her down. Okay, Jumbo, here we go. It's a quiz. Um, it's a quiz Tim. that's gonna. Oh. I've got a first name, Tim. Okay, well, th- well there was. There was... Tim, Bur- Tim Burkle. Yes. Was Sorry, it... I ruined your quiz. No, but it wasn't actually the quiz. The quiz is here we go. Quiz time, John Newsom. You think you know it all. Yep. You think you know it all. Well, we're about to find Help out. Me. At 24 years old, Tim Van Verkel was the first one Ironman Western Australia in 2008, which made him the second youngest Ironman champion ever by 12 days. Who mm. was the youngest? Philip Graves. No. 
Wait, so I'll try to figure out when. I'll, I'll I'll try to figure out when this person won their first one. So let me. You 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 keep guessing. Uh, can you give me a country where they are either from or where the what race was that they won. Um, I don't I don't necessarily want to give you that much. Wait a second. Oh, so cruel. Uh, I'll say athlete of nineties, early two thousands, mainly nineties. Who we got there? We got it. Wouldn't be Peter Reed. It wouldn't be. It might be Peter Reed, but it wouldn't be um, Tim DeBoon because he was sort of an age group athlete first. So I think he was a late bloomer. I think Peter Reed was a bit of a late bloomer as well. Could be Norm Stadler. No, he was. He probably more mid twenties. No, okay. I'm gonna say more nineties athlete. More nineties athletes. Did this person um, get in the podium in Kona at all? From what you can remember? Yes. No, no. They won Kona, John. Okay. They won so that, Kona. They, that's a big clue I'm giving you here. <coughs> so, Peter Reed was one of the 90s athletes. Mark Allen kept winning until about 90. What was the last year Mark Allen won? 93, was it, I think? Um, 93 or 94? Yeah, that one. Yep. So then Thomas Hellregal. Yes. There you go. Thomas Hellregal, the youngest man to ever win an Ironman. And so he must have been 24 as well. But um, at the time, mm. Tommy, you know what's really interesting? He's mm. only 44. Thomas Hellregal? Yeah. Yeah, he still tries to race. I remember when, yeah, when we were over in Rote and stuff. And yeah, but that was, that was nearly, Rote was nearly seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's really interesting. He's, he's actually still quite a young man. You know, when you think Macca won Kona at 38, mm. you know, well, it's just really interesting. Um, yep, so he was the youngest ever winner of an Ironman. There you go. It's uh, this week's fact. Okay, Jumbo, um, where are you, we? You, you haven't pulled me up yet, Bevan, that last week, first week, I failed on Statistastic. Oh, you did too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what yeah. happened? So the- We're on holiday. These shows are always we're, we're on holiday. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you in-studio shows. Good. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, coming up this weekend, we have the Schloss Triathlon in Moritzburg in Germany. We've got the Balatoman in Hungary. We've got Challenge Denmark. We've got the Goto Nagasaki International Triathlon, and that's about it for this weekend. There we go. I remember interviewing Thomas Hill. <laughs> Yeah. I remember <laughs> I was in Rote and uh, I think it was the first time I went to Rote and uh, and it was really cool because I just spent bloody all my time interviewing people and I didn't know who he was <laughs> so I'm interviewing this guy <laughs> and I'm talking to him because I was kind of I was new to the sport and I was only doing the podcast for a little bit of time then and I didn't I didn't really have the history knowledge that I have now and that you have and I'm talking to him and about 15 minutes in the interview he goes yeah when I won the world championship <laughs> and I was like oh, I'm a schmuck <laughs> I'm an idiot yeah. So yeah. then, because sometimes, sometimes you know, like when you've got someone of that level, you, you go into the interview with so much respect, and then sometimes you have interviews with people where you're just kind of doing your job and you're just kind of trying to make sure you're getting a good interview for the listener. Well, my attitude shifted in that moment. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not my sharpest moment. Okay, guys, sponsors. Athlinks.com. <laughs> Actually, Bevan, why don't we go, go Age Group of the Week first? Do the Age Group of the Week. Okay, age Group of the Week. Age Group of the Week. Age Group of the Week. <clears throat> Tim pedal to the metal forward sent through this one. He's got, hey, fellas, I heard you were after some new Age Group of the Week, so I thought I would send through someone who I thought was deserving. Noel, the Thin Express, Thin, experienced his first, sorry, wait a second, <clears throat> his first Ironman DNF over the weekend at Ironman Australia. So I thought that... This was a good way to give him a bit of a pick-me-up. Finn has been through a lot over the last six months, including chasing his dream and moving his family to Latrobe Valley in Victoria, up in the Sunshine Coast in Queenstown. Look it up. It's a bloody long way. All of this stuff meant that he wasn't able to put the training in he wanted to deliver the result he wanted on the weekend. Finney was moving, it was until moving, the presence of the Latrobe triathlon club and i know from some of his members that he was very influential in the tri scene here there uh he is also an incredibly positive person and value member of team maca x he even came up with the idea that we should put the t 
with our hands when we cross the finish line of races for our teammate Tim Pickering, who, as you're aware, has been going through a tough time as well. Finney is a good bloke who makes a positive impact on the tri scene over here and will be a worthy recipient of your age group of the week. Also, he's been listening to some of the old podcasts and he thinks that we should bring Matt Mully, which there's no need. I don't have <laughs> Mully. I, I can't do it anymore, which is, which is just the way it is. But Jombo, sounds like this guy's tough day, but great man. It is, and you know, you don't always have your best day. And if you've got all that other crap going on, just sometimes got to take a little step back and figure out there's always something that went well in the race. Um, but also, it's always good to hear about these guys that put so much more into the the wider community as well. So uh, good on you, Noel, the Fen Express Fen. Like it. You are a age group of the week. Love your week. Okay, Jumbo, we've got an interview coming up. Oh, do you want to sponsor? Sponsor. Athlinks.com. Yes. And so on last week's show, I was saying that uh, we had an IM Talk outfit out there at the Kona 70.3. Met the fella on the on the beach. Um, I might have met him before that as well. Tim Martindale. Also met his wife. He came over and she came over and talked to me and was saying, yeah, he put, we, we drive down to, I think she said Arizona quite often and he always puts you on and I can't understand a word you're saying, and, but he just loves it. Uh, so I thought... I'll go check Tim out. Went on to athlinks.com. You can check out, you know, if, if you ever hear anybody's name, you're going, I think I remember that guy or I want to know a bit more about them. Just plug him into Athlinks. I'll put Tim Martindale in. He's from Corona, California. He's got 59 races up there on Athlinks. I can go suss him out. He's got a, um, I love on Athlinks along the top, they've got a little banner there which says, you know, it's your best times. So he's done a 558 for a half Ironman. 203 half marathon, 243 Olympic, nice. 1338 is the best in Ironman. We've got to lose 38 seconds somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so you can just Transition. go suck people out. Yep. Transition's a key. Yep. So there you go, guys. Just go. If you ever meet somebody new and you're not quite sure or you're just trying to suss out if they're fudging you in terms of giving you dud results, go plug them into Athlinks and you'll be able to find them and uh, see what they've been able to do over their full athletic career. And Tim's got 59 races up there, so nice work, Tim. Check it out, athlinks.com. Okay, check, 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 check it out, team. Okay, Jumbo, we've got an interview here with Dan. What was his last name? Stublitsky. Stublitsky. Okay, and uh, he's a guy who's a bloody good age grouper. And it does that head in this interview. We'll talk about it afterwards, yeah. doesn't it, John? It does that. It. It's not because he's, he gave a bit of a bit of grief on stage to the guy who was a drug sheet. You're going to find out, and it's going to do your head in as well. This guy, rock star. Here we go. Here's Dan. Righty-ho. Uh, this week's guest was prompted by, from an email from Adam Bayliss. He said he's got a fellow Michigan resident, Dan Stubletsky, who I know well won my age group in Kona last year in 35 to 39. He was also um, first age grouper over the all, and Aaron was also saying at one weekend last year he went to USA Nationals, got third in the age group, sixth overall, and the next morning went off and did steelhead 70.3, and he was third overall including the pros, which is bloody impressive. So, um, Dan, welcome along to the show. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, um, probably the first question a lot of age groupers get asked and some people try to cut them down to size is that they're often you know full-time athletes and um or maybe you know coaches or you know part-time jobs so maybe um start off by just you know telling us what your sort of gig is whether you're a full-time athlete a part-time athlete work full-time what your sort of situation is uh i do work full-time in uh heating and cooling so i'm like a part-time athlete so i just do this for fun so and family or anything like that? or Yep. I have a wife and two kids, wow. 13 and 11. Oh, you've got the real deal then. Yeah. Busy yeah. life. <laughs> and, yeah. And the, the second question people often ask is, um, oh, yeah, but that guy's probably a former professional athlete or, uh, or you know, a former pro cyclist or elite runner or elite swimmer. So maybe give us a bit of background into your um, sort of athletic career. Um, in high school, I played uh, basketball, uh, football, and baseball, but no running or no swimming, nothing like that. And I did, I did play uh, junior college um, basketball, and that was that's it for her athletic career. I always, I always been um, athletic. I always, you know, like the competition and compete. 
and what 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 sort of got you into the sport? Um, kind of bicycling. I seen the Tour de France, and you know that kind of that started it. Just biking. I've always ran um, just for fun. You know, just you know whatever, go out for a jog. You know, every day or, or you know whenever I could. And then bicycling. I started to get into bicycling. Uh, I think it was like 2010 or 2000, late 2009. Oh, you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just bought a bought bought a bike. You know, and uh, I liked it. And then uh, it went from there. You know, and and, and then so- I think t- in 2011 was my first triathlon, and we were going to Maui. So I was like, I was looking for a bicycle race or something. You know, just a an event to do with my bike but then i found a triathlon so it was in the olympics i signed up and and then that's where it started and did you have instant success uh i placed second (laughs) (laughs) overall i mean there was no pros or nothing but yeah it was just a a small small event before going into it like did you have an idea that you obviously had some talent um no I, i had no idea how um how good I was going to do because I didn't really, I never swam. I just, I, I never swam laps or nothing like that. I was just like messing around in the ocean or whatever like that. So I started swimming and then I'm like, wow, this is a lot of work. So, <laughs> uh, I couldn't, I, I, I don't know how many laps I did at first, maybe 10. And it's like, that's a lot, you know, and I'm never going to be able to do this. And then, and then I just, Kept with it, kept with it, kept with it, and then eventually, I'm not a super fast swimmer. I can get through it, but and yeah. So, what was your first sort of um, Ironman experience? Um, it was Steelhead 2000. It was a 70.3 Steelhead 2012, but the swim got canceled because it was rough. Mm-hmm. So really, it was only like a bike and a run. So then, you know, I, and that was I really liked that, you know. <laughs> my first event so i and then uh i you know i did that and then that was and then i was hooked i was like i wanted to do more and then you know and then 2000 and then 2012 you know because that was my last year that was right at the end of the summer so that was i shelved it and then i trained another full winter and then 2012 was my first full uh you know um, year. So, and how do you, I mean, uh, not that I've been to Michigan, um, but how do you sort of cope in winter? I, I'm, I'm picking the winters there are fairly harsh. What do you get up to over winter? Yeah, well, yeah, that's, it's getting harder and harder each year. Uh, usually just trainer on the inside, you know, inside in the basement and uh, uh, treadmill the whole time. This year, I never even, I don't like running out in the cold, so it was always the treadmill. Um, yeah, and just every day, every day, every day. <laughs> in in terms of your progression um, at Ironman, like, did you your first race? Did you smoke it? Did you have you know so many people have nutritional issues or they don't quite get the pacing right? So maybe tell us about your your first couple of Ironmen. Um, like the fulls or the halves, like cause full, full. The, the, the full. Okay, the first full was 2013 in Texas. Um, <laughs> And I did actually place first over first first in my age group, thirty five to thirty nine. Yeah, but it that was really tough. Like the the swim was no problem, the bike was no problem because I love the bike. Then the first there's three laps on Texas, so the first lap, yeah, no problem. You know, I mean it was it wasn't hard hard ish, but it was you know it was hard. And then the second lap came around. That's where it really got hard because I started to. Uh, my stomach's had some issues, so I had to take a you know potty break yeah. there on the second lap, and then and then the you know just kept going and kept going, and then uh, got through it. I was actually I think I was the second age grouper off the bike, so I kind of lost. I think I was like fourth or fifth age grouper overall, yeah. and then uh, I finished that, and it was that was tough. <laughs> it was hard. And you, you went on to, to Kona, and, and I think you, did you make the podium in 2013? Yes, I was second. Yeah. And I was actually first or second off the bike in Kona, and then I think Sam, Sam Guy got me at like mile 20, 
22, 23-ish. Yeah, I was was really struggling coming back off, uh, you know, the Queen K coming back. And then he passed me, uh, I think it was like the second hill before you go down Polani. Yeah. And I couldn't couldn't respond, and and he he took off, and I couldn't. I think he beat me by like two minutes or something like that. So when you go into the kind of that first year, you know, like you've obviously seemed to come to this poor, and John's just nodding his head in frustration because you're so bloody good. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you come into this sport, you, you have a great Texas. Did you think you were going to be competitive in Kona? Uh, yeah, I wanted top 10 in like my age group. I never think I was going to compete because I heard, you know, it, it's really tough or whatever, but I kind of just – I kind of didn't ever really think about it that much. You know, I was, I, I just more compete and, you know, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Just keep going and do your best. And, you know, and that's it, you know, but once, once you are in the moment and you know, like you're doing good, that almost drives you even more just to keep going. Wow. Mm. So, so yeah, what was just, the, the difference this year? You know, obviously, um, you know, as we said in the intro, you, you won the age group this year. But what did you do differently in terms of your training, or was it a case of just another year of experience and more miles in the legs, or did you significantly change what you do? I didn't significantly change. I think I I, I paced a little bit better on the run than I did the first year. Um, and I did a little bit more nutrition on the run because last the year 2013, I didn't do as much because I was feeling so good. And then mile 16 hit and I was like, bam, it really went south from there. Hmm. And then so I kind of took some more gels and uh, I, cr- I, I still cramp up a little bit, but I'm trying to get that fixed with more salt tabs. Um and then, yeah, maybe more experience running. And going in, um, you, know, you knew that the previous year you were, you were pretty close to, to taking it out. Um, yeah. This year, I mean, or 2014, were you going in there with a similar attitude, right, I'm just going to do my best, stick to my pace, my numbers, etc., or were you going in there with the attitude, right, I'm here to win and I've sort of got to respond to the competition a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to go in and say I was going to, I mean, I was going to try and win. That's what I, that's what my goal was, you know, to win. So, but I didn't have a good swim, so I knew I was already back, back behind the eight ball on that one. And then I knew I had to push on the bike to, uh, to get up front to where I wanted to be to kind of, because I kind of knew like from 2013 how to, push on the bike in the first half and then relax on the second half to, uh, to get more, uh, I guess, relax or, uh, settle in for, for the upcoming run. So Mm. that's what I kind of did. And then I got up to the front on the bike, on the, uh, the bike lead, um, with some guys. And then I just kind of rode with them all the way in conserving my energy and, uh, and then, I went from there. What 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 would, what would have been a good swim for you? If like you're saying it's a bad swim, but like if you had a good swim, what time would you come in on? Under under 58. I swam a 58 the year before, oh, wow. so and I swam. I think I I swam a 103 this year. Yeah, what would, but oh. it was more con, it was more congested this year. So it was, it was I could never get into a rhythm. I was always getting swam over or bumped into or zigzagging. Yeah. It was, how do you find bad. the bike lead? Because I, I was in front of you out of the swim. I think I did 57 or 58, and, and I'm okay. more, more of a five-hour sort of rider if I'd had a, a good day. How do you find the crowds on the, the, the bike, or are you just slamming straight past people that it's not too much of an issue, or is the drafting a real challenge for you? Uh, I see more of the dr- – I there was, there was some congestion on the bike, but I, I kind of just mow through them the first – 50, you know, 50 miles, I can get past them. I don't have to slow down or anything because I'm moving so fast I can just, you know, go by them because yeah. of the faster swimmers. Um, but then I see I see the draft packs on the com- com- coming back from high V. I can, I, there's a lot of draft packs, but mm. I don't think there's enough marshals on there, but to get them, so, mm. you know. 
So, 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 what, can you tell me what it's like to be? So, you're in the front pack of the age group race, pretty much at this stage, heading back into town. Where, what kind of are there pros around you guys at this stage? Like, what's happening with the pros at this stage in the race? We we catch the some of the slower women um, around the airport ish, or mm. you know, somewhere around there that coming we back. we can catch the slow coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But other we don't get, we don't we can't get any of the guys because I think they were a half an hour ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. I think you just and, need to get, and, you just and, need to get a bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And what was your sort of feeling coming off the bike? Uh, you know, were you going right? I'm I'm on for a good one here. And, and did you guys, in terms of the front age groupers, get much of a reception when you came into town? You know, they will have seen the pros come through, but was um, yeah. Mike Riley and that giving you guys a bit of love or was it just um, get in and get out of there? Uh, yeah, he did call us. Yeah, he did uh, mention us and everything. And then, like, the the crowd was, it was uh, really per, uh, perceptive. And then... Uh, running you know running through town you know wow there's a first age grouper or you know second age grouper you know so that was that was cool um but i was kind of getting misinformation like one person would say oh your first first age grouper then the next one would say second age grouper you know so it's kind of like what am i first second you know because i didn't i knew there was a couple guys up way up in front that we never got to but um for the most part, it was he was right there, and then I could see him once. Once we got to like mile five, was is the turnaround? So I seen him right at mile five. He was right the last age grouper in front. So that's where I caught up to him on that. So mile five from there on, you're in front. Yes. Uh, well, I, I stayed with him for a little bit because I didn't want to push too hard because that's what I did last the year before, and I kind of I think that might have been a mistake. So I kind of just gradually ran with them and then at mile six was the last uh aid station that we were together and he kind of he kind of slowed down so then i just kept kind of going because he grabbed a whole i think it was a whole pro form bottle so i knew he was kind of struggling so i kind of just kept going my pace and and then i passed him and i didn't ever see him again so were you running scared at that moment or you know obviously you're feeling good you're not feeling too stressed you know you end up doing a sub three so you have a good run but What's kind of what's going through your head? You kind of know you've got the lead now. Um, you want to win this bloody thing. So, like, what's going through your head? Yeah, um, kind of just maintain, stay calm, um, don't push too hard, um, and then you know just keep going. Because I know I'm always I'm always comfortable running through up to sixteen. So I always usually feel good up to sixteen, and then the energy lab comes, and then you got to go down, which I still feel pretty good. But then coming back out is the tough part is is where where I struggle from there to about 21, 22. And then but usually I, this year it, it it was just the energy lab was the tough part and then getting up and out of there. And then I said I had six more miles and I said, let's do this. And and uh, I just kept going. So was it the perfect race for you, or did did some things? I mean, you, you said the swim didn't go perfect, but was the bike and the run as good as you think you can do? Probably. I mean, I you, I always think you can do better, but you never know. I mean, it was pretty windy on the bike, so I think if the, if if the the conditions were right, I could probably go faster. But then other people can go faster too, so it's it's a give or take on that. Um, I guess I'm th- I'm going to try and run faster this year to see if i can you know but who knows turning around the energy lab's kind of your first chance to see your competition how far ahead are you were like not just in your own age group but all the other age groupers as you headed home yeah i mean i wasn't like they were coming down the energy lab so like maybe like halfway coming i was coming out of the energy lab they were coming in so i knew i was i didn't have a a, a big lead Mm. i just knew that if i kept up my pace i didn't stop that i could i could do it so mm-hmm. that kind of that's that did scare me there too i'm like because i did see sam guide coming down the energy lab and he was in there and he, i'm like and then i went back to 2013 and said i didn't want him to pass me again <laughs> and have this have the same feeling again as darn it you know so that i kind of just buckled down and said i had six more miles to go and 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 just kept going 
And what was the recognition like when you sort of came into town again? You know, we talked about coming off the bike. I'd imagine by the time you're finishing, you're you're fairly well amongst um, some of the female pros finishing at that stage. So again, was there a big um, a big deal made of you when you sort of came across the finish line, and were you interviewed or anything like that? Um. The crowd was amazing. It was it was it was it was just awesome. I love running down Alihi Drive right there at the end. It's like floating on clouds. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. And uh, and then finishing, it was just like it was so overwhelming. Like I was a first age grouper, I couldn't believe it. So I was kind of in awe, and I didn't. You know, I just it was just it was hard to grasp. Like it went by so fast, but it was like moving so slow. Like. So and then uh, Messing was there. He congratulated me, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was yeah. I didn't get interviewed or nothing right there. So no, it's just it's just. And has anything yeah. changed since then? You know, obviously you you, you, know, you would have gone to the prize giving and got your award and got your nice big bowl and and, and your 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 bike jersey. But has has anything changed since then? Like, did you have you had any sponsorship offers or anything like that, or is it just business as usual? No, no, no sponsor offer. I mean, I do have a sponsor for uh, for my bike, uh, Fraser Bicycle in uh, Fraser. So that's they they helped me out uh, last two years. So I had them for a while. So they're nice. They're they're they do awesome job on my bike setup and everything. But other than that, sorry, you good? No, other than that, that no, 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 no one's knocking down my door. So I don't know what you got to do to to be recognized. I don't know. What um, what was it like the award ceremony? So obviously, I mentioned there was quite an emotional moment getting to the finish line. I'm sure that's quite a life memory that you'll maintain forever. Uh, what about the ceremony on the award ceremony? Because you know it's a pretty cool achievement, and to get to stand up in front of your people and you know and kind of get that yeah. moment. Was that cool? Yeah, all that that was uh, that was awesome. That was unbelievable. Yes, that was a very very cool moment. Um, so what's what's the plan now? Um, because you know, amazing day at the office. You know, first age grouper. You know, is there any point in you racing pro? Not necessarily at Kona because we know that you know, whilst yeah. an eight fifty is awesome, um, that's not going to yeah, be anywhere right. for, for a pro at Kona. But but at right. at, at, at other races at seventy point threes at lower level Ironmans, you know, you could probably be really competitive. So is that on the cards, or you just uh, love to race and going to stick to age group stuff? Um, I thought about it, but it's like they swim. Like sometimes I'll I'll just watch a race and they'll they'll drop a twenty two on a swim, and it's like, and I'll I'll probably be twenty eight, you know, around there. So it's like, and then they'll turn around and bike a two o four, and then run a one thirteen, which I can't even touch a one thirteen. So a run, it's that that's unbelievable. My fastest run was a one sixteen. Um, you know, so it's like I'm I'm. Not really, you know what I mean? I love to race pro. I know I couldn't ever make it to Kona or anything. It's like, because they're unbelievable. But, and I thought about it, but then they contract all the races that are like around Michigan, like Steelhead, they took away and they took some other races away. So now it's harder to get to those races. Like, if I could get to those races as a pro, you know, I would do that. But it's like, I got to pick and choose mm. um, my races. I can't just do any race i want to Mm. so you know to race pro would be you know cheaper to you know you wouldn't have to pay all the the fees it's just a one-time fee yeah but but to get there is is the expensive part how do you you manage the demands of um life family and training because you know like obviously you're you're a high level athlete um you've got a family and you work full-time like how do you kind of manage that so you can make it work successfully um Usually early mornings, a lot of early mornings, and uh, what, what does, late, it, what does early mean? Like before work, you know, I'll I'll get up and I'll bike on the trainer and then run on the treadmill for you know I'll do uh, like a two hour uh, two hour break, yeah. you know, usually hour hour and twenty minutes on the trainer and then another forty on the on the bike or on the on the tra- on the treadmill yeah. and I'll do that like every day. Um, before work and then sometimes I'll bike after work and then swim you know here and there yeah so it's kind of 
up, down, up, down. <laughs> do, do you, you've never been coached, just sort of made it up yourself? Yeah, I just make it up myself. I just love to train. If I'm training, I'm getting better, more fit, you know. So it's kind of just fly. If the if it's sunny out, then I go outside and, and train. If it's not, then I'm down in the basement, which is not as good as I, – I like to be outside training because I think I can – push myself a lot harder on the bike especially than you know on the on the trainer because it's kind of on the trainer it's like mind-numbing yeah yeah and and what sort of hours are you training a week and you know when you're doing your you know your in-season your main part of your build-up um what sort of hours are you typically doing per week um i can i do you usually year-round 20 around 20 hours or so and then up to up to 28 is my most that i've ever did nice. but it's not it's like it, it depends on the weather like if if it's if it's not a good week then my my trainings my hours are down if it's if the weather's good i can train longer so it's kind of like it just varies on the on the weather really if i have good weather then i train more if i don't then i don't train as much um, one thing that so we, we saw last year that became public, whether you, whether you like it or celebrity. not, um, was when I think you went to 70.3 Worlds and, and Colum, uh, who yeah. people know, was a, yeah. a former cyclist who got busted for drugs. I think he won and he was yeah. fastest overall. And there was a bit of a stoush on the stage. So maybe tell us what happened from your point of view and uh, whether uh, you're, you're, you'd regret anything you did or whether you're, you're proud of your actions. And we don't know exactly what happened. Well... I, we first got introduced in 2012 when uh, he went flying by us on the bike, uh, going up to, up to Lake Mead. He just kind of like took off, you know. It was like, who the heck is this guy? And then and then we never seen him again. And then uh, he outbiked keenly that year in the rain by I don't know I think like three minutes or something so it's like who the heck is this guy and then I finally we finally finish because it was a three lap lap run in Vegas and I could never catch him um and never never seen him and then uh and then the wards or, or right after I knew some guys out there in uh, in Las Vegas and he they came up to me and said you know who this guy is I'm like no and it's like he's a he's a he got busted for doping so that kind of it really irritated me there that he could he could uh, compete in triathlon, you know, as a pro, or not as a pro, as an amateur when he was a pro cyclist and got busted. Mm-hmm. So that kind of irritated me. And and then I knew that he was going to Tremblant this year, and I didn't. I never even seen him. He never even passed me. So he must have swam faster than me. And then I know a couple guys that were biking with him. And he just kind of like looked back and, and like kind of laughed at him. And then he just like took off, like dropped, dropped him like a bad habit. And, uh, and then I, I never even saw him on there on that run. So it was like, he was unbelievable. And then, and then I just kind of, he was kind of arrogant, you know, all laughing and, and, you know, being stupid and, uh, you know, had his, his crew there and cheering him on and then i was just kind of you know i get what i um at the weird and then at the uh, ceremony um he uh just wouldn't acknowledge me and uh you know i just called him a cheater and <laughs> and whatever not and, and doper and you know you, you're and then it you know he just wouldn't even look at me or nothing so i kind of he kind of turned turned after the ceremony and he kind of turned and uh i kind of just stood there and kind of leaned (laughs) into him and he kind of bumped into me (laughs) so and that's that yeah so you're now bffs you know (laughs) yeah no no not at all and then he was in kona and you know and then after that it's like i talked to messing about it and and they they said they couldn't do nothing about it that he you know he paid his money or whatever and this and that and then uh he shows up in kona and uh you know the holy grail of triathlon and he can compete 
when he's a doper and everybody says it's back in his past, but doesn't EPO stay in your blood system? Like you can train a lot harder for, you know, five years or whatever, you know, it's always giving you a benefit. Mm, mm. So good on you for making a stand, Dan. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't proud that I had to bully him, but no one else does anything about it. They just always, everybody always just talks about, Oh, this, that, and, and this, and you know, had to, had to know that, he had to know that I didn't appreciate him, you know, competing as a amateur when he was a convicted doper. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So what's, what's your plan for this year? Is it, um, you, you mentioned before we started, you're, you're in the injury club with myself at the moment. Um, what's, yeah. what's your plan, assuming everything goes okay? Um, same as last year. I think I'm going to do, um, I'm doing a small triathlon in, you know, June or whatever, then I think I'll do racing in July, and then age group nationals, which is in Milwaukee. I'll do that, and then steelhead the next day again, <laughs> and then and then I don't have nothing in between steelhead and uh, Kona right now. So, so, do you get a slot for Kona um, by winning the age group for the next year? Yes. Yep. I already qualified, so I didn't have to go to Texas, mm. which I kind of wanted to go to Texas, but you know the money issue so yeah i didn't i didn't do that so i kind of procrastinated about you know signing up for texas then it sold out on me and then i couldn't do it and then i was disappointed and then (laughs) 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 kind of in the dumps with you know watching that race you know because i wanted to be there and you know do it but and i guess were you were you doing ironman before kona then no, I will not. No, I wanted to see that's what I wanted to do, Texas, but there's no other. I mean, I could do Louisville's kind of close, but it's so late in the year. I think it's like August. So yeah. that's a, a little late for me, like 19th or something like that. So, yeah, I'm just going to go in. And, and, and when you win Kona in your age group, so presumably you have to then pay for your entry for the next year. They say, congratulations, give us another $1,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least I didn't have to qualify and yeah. then pay another 1000 yeah. then and then some. So yeah. at least they did that. Yeah. Oh, nice one. And if anybody wants to follow you, um, do you do social media, website, Facebook? If people want to see what you're up to, do you do anything to keep the crowds uh, happy? Or do you hang yeah, on uh, slow twitch? Yeah, but I do. I do slow twitch. Um, I do Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I'm on Twitter is uh, dance do uh, four. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can just look me up on Facebook. Yeah, but I don't do a lot of Twitters, and here and there I'll mm-hmm. do that. Nice. Oh, yeah. you've uh, you frustrated me a little bit because uh, man, far out you! Like, started two years ago. I What's was I was uh, I was hoping to get in the top five last year, but I had a meltdown on the run and probably wouldn't have okay. anyway. Uh, yeah. But I've got a long, a hell of a lot long, longer history than you, so it's awesome yeah. to see you know you're uncoached and you're uh, just yeah. doing it your way. So it's good to to hear those stories. So uh, thanks yeah. so much for your time. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, love your work. Jumbo, that did my head in. Yeah, it's two not years. Fair. Turns up, life's not fair. That, that that case is an example where you're right, John. Because I'm a bit more of a glass half full kind of guy. I think that life always works out. But Dan, you're a freak. You're a freak yeah, of nature. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty listening <laughs> when I heard it it just shows that you know at the end of the day a lot of us can uh, train the house down we can do the old 10,000 hour rule you know train 10,000 hours and you you know hopefully be able to reach your sort of potential in the sport and you know the good thing with by and large in triathlon if you train your nuts off you can generally get to quite a reasonable sort of level um, whereas in other sports you know you can train the house down you just still suck at things yeah. but Dan has obviously just got a lot of natural talent and he's just been lucky enough that he's got the natural talent. He, he sounds to me like he's pretty headstrong and very, very determined, got a good work ethic um, and just found a sport that, um, that just those things combined work really well. It's a bit like when Chrissy rocked up, you know, there's lots of people out there that are probably as mentally as strong as Chrissy um, and uh, eat train as hard as, hard as Chrissy, um, but she just had the natural physique 
and the body that just allowed her, when you combine all those things together, to do some pretty freakish things. And Dan's another example of that, of somebody who has just uh, yeah, got natural talent and has really got the other things that are the, the vital ingredients to being a successful Ironman. Still can't swim particularly well relative to his biking and running, but he's been a consistent performer over the bloody the small couple of years that he's been in there. He's always been right up there, and uh, yeah, that was outstanding. Yeah, it's really great. Okay, Jumbo, um, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Yes. You guys hear us talk a lot about um, the standard Extreme Endurance, which does marvelous things for your recovery and, and also for your performance by buffering that lactic acid. They've also got the Extreme Omega 1000. Many people don't realize, but most of our debilitating diseases can be traced to an inflammatory cause. Inflammation is what causes the pain of arthritis, the discomfort of allergies, the wheezing of asthma, and the stiffness from overusing your muscles, uh, over rushing your muscles. Inflammation also underlies the most devastating and catastrophic of all diseases, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, and many forms of cancer. Um, Extreme Omega 1000 contains one of the highest dosages of EPA, um, of DHA, and balanced fatty acids, particularly EPA and DPA found in the fish oil, are essential for normal brain function, cardiovascular health, joint movement, immune function and healthy skin and anti-inflammatory benefits bloody hell there's a lot of things good in this thing so get onto it extreme omega 1000 um it is 20 bucks or 22.50 for a pack of 60 soft gels and get that brain functioning nicely good times rock and roll guys head over to xendurance.com they've got all the great supplements and remember use that discount code and uh rock on Extreme Endurance Jumbo questions uh, and answers. answers. Good old James Goddick has got a subject here, Podchat Podcast for Motivation. Hey guys, just a quick question. I'm training for Ironman number eight, Ironman Quarter Lane in June and listening to all of your podcasts to help train. One day not feeling well, I went to see my doctor. One day later, I was in surgery to have brain tumor removed. Wow. My surgeon could not believe that I was recovering so quickly and released me from the hospital in four days. I was told it never happens that fast and they told me that my Ironman training and being in such great shape makes the difference. At the age of 50, last year I PR'd Ironman Chattanooga in 10.30 and was getting ready for this year for an even better race. After my post-surgery MRI on my brain, I was told that even though the cancer was removed, I still had five stage four geoblast Plastoma. Plastoma. And 12 to 18 months left. Wow. I was lucky enough by Duke University Medical to come here as they think I was in great shape and they wanted to prevent any new cancer growth and my long make my life span longer. While I was at Duke, they wanted to say uh, they wanted me to stay in great shape to help with the recovery. I was told, told to keep training for a try just to reduce the intensity that I previously did. I'm signed up to race in Ironman Chattanooga in September and planning on pushing and finishing just a little bit slower than before. I started chemotherapy and radiation this week and I've been riding and running to stay in shape and get ready for the Ironman Chattanooga. I'll be listening to you guys uh, to you mates and it will help immensely keeping my attitude positive and fun thanks for all you do and trust me the simple things really help you guys are wonderful and I can't wait to hear the next one that was James. Wow James man like far out Mm. No, it's always very, very cool, A, to hear the emails that you guys appreciate the show and enjoy it, and it's a highlight for your week, but man, James, um, all the best with your recovery, and we've got our fingers crossed that you fight through it and come out the other side. And, and just, like, for, like, like, health is so important, and obviously what you know what James is going through is, is kind of this pretty traumatic kind of health experience, but it really just shows the value. And, and we're, we're preaching to the choir here because you guys love exercise, so it's not such a bad thing. But but it just really reinforces, you know, like looking after yourself is such an important aspect of life, and uh, mm. and also just having good attitude. Like look at this guy; he's he's a real example of someone who's, who's you know who knows what will happen, and hopefully it's the best. But you know what? I can guarantee this guy's going to live life to the max, and you know it's just a real example of. You know, someone with a great attitude who's going through some pretty tough times. So, mate, well, our love's going your way, and uh, and you know, good luck. And let us know how you go in Chattanooga, and good luck with what everything everything happens on the other side of things as well. Jumbo, patrons. Yes, we have got another 
squad of fantastic patrons this week who are making life for Bevan and I a little bit easier. Get us over to Kona next year and also just be part of the community. So if you guys can contribute in any small way, greatly appreciated. Gavin Wings Kieran. I think that's one of our older names. Gavin must have been a contributor in the past. So nice work, Gavin. Next one. Brent. I'm making my ones up. Brent the Rattler Shepherd. And Brett uh, sent in a picture. He's part of the, looks like he's part of the Venom Multisport Racing. So I was thinking Venom and Snakes, the Rattler. Nice, nice. Okay, I've John. I've trying to help you out with clues, Bevan, because you know, a lot of these well, guys have one sent of them, pictures. One of, them did, one of them did, and then the other one I didn't. So David Hayward, and, and I used to frequent called Mark Hayward, who was one of my best friends when I was there. He was a madman. And I was going to go down that path of the madman, but then I thought, hay and wood, that starts fire. So crazy wood. <laughs> I mean, crazy fire, <laughs> crazy fire, crazy fire nice. is what he is. Yeah, because you put some hay, you put a spark there, put the water on top, you got fire. So there you go. Okay. I'll just make a note of that, Bevan. Yep, crazy nice. fire. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Cam Magic Man Hanson. He's uh, from Square One Physio over in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, not in Melbourne, in Sydney. He's out in Mossman. So if you need any his physio work, quite good, actually. Go I looked at his website. His website's quite sharp. Yeah, square square one physio and Cam is a Ironman athlete. He's been a Kona qualifier, um, and he was like in the top. I think he was in the top fifteen last year in Kona when he came over first time. And good, strong athlete does a lot of work with uh, Australian rugby as well. Travels away with the, the junior Wallabies and stuff, so he knows his stuff. He's a magic man. He's got the magic hands. Magic man with the magic hands. That's what he tells the ladies. Okay, uh, Andrew Maud, I've got too smooth. And the reason I call him too smooth is because you've said he sent through a picture of him eating a burger and a white polo shirt and some sunnies on. And he's just, he's a cool cat. He doesn't give a crap. He's just like, hey, man, I'm too smooth. I'm too cool for school. So he's too smooth. Nice. Too smooth, Andrew Maud. Okay, guys, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.iamtalk.me. Go to our link there on the front page, and that will take you to the patrons page. There's different levels, anything from $5 a month through to a million. A million dollar donators. <laughs> we really love you guys. You, you really make yeah. a difference. So um, it really does help us do what we're doing. And it's, uh, yeah, so just jump, jump on the page and get onto it. Uh, Jumbo sponsors Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Stop that inflammation, team. Okay, Jombo, what's your goss? Well, back in Christchurch now. Wellington. Uh, you, you're boat. racing Wellington in a couple of weeks, aren't you? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, if, if I do it, it's going to be a training day. Uh, so I am booked. I'm entered. And I've got a flight booked. How's your foot? Um, my calf is not very good. Well, it wasn't when I was still in Hawaii anyway, two weeks ago. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. So we'll see we'll see how I go. I hope to be racing. It's on July the fifth, but I will not be setting any records. A because I won't run at a pace that allows that. Uh, so I may just use it as a training day and go out there and run a good, solid effort. But uh, certainly not trying to set any records. What's happened? Just just not getting any better. Yeah, oh, you poor thing. Got it's better. It just gets gets better and gets worse. So it is frustrating, but uh, I'll get there. Yes. I'll get there. You do get through injuries, don't you? Yep. How's the beach in Bali? We're actually, we were staying, we were staying almost like in a rainforest for the first few days. So I might be there still and then we go to the beach after that. So um, I don't know. I'm sure it's amazing. One thing I didn't mention last week, John, which I should have, is my lovely partner, Joe did her first marathon. And, oh, very good. Uh, yeah. And she, she's, she's such a star because she's just, she's one of those people who, if you give her a plan, she just does it. You know what I mean? Like, she just does it. Yep. You know, like, we, we wrote her up a program. She ticked all the boxes, you know, did everything you were meant to do. Sure, she had that kind of moment of doubt, you know, a few days before the race and wondering if she'd done enough. And she wanted to do a three and a half. She did three and a half exactly. It was like three and a half oh, in, one, right. in one second. Like, seriously, her case splits just sat on. And and for a first marathon, she was said she had no hard moment in it. It was just, you know, yeah. she was happy the whole time. She just had the perfect first marathon experience. And it was just... She's just a real example of don't let your emotions make you stupid, and uh, so I was, I was bloody proud did of my Did she max out? Did she max out at the end though? Or she just? Do you know what it? I did, John? Do you know what I did? Which because what I I am the voice at the race, or me and Bex are, mm-hmm. and um and so I used that to my advantage because I I told the crowd my partner's going to be I knew she's going to be around three thirty and I knew she was going to pretty much be on that knowing Joe, and. Mm-hmm. 
So I told the crowd, look, my partner's coming and I want a few extra pashas in my life. I did use pash. I yeah. didn't mean other levels, but I used pash because there were kids around. Yeah. And I said, yeah. look, if I can get probably two pashas, if you guys cheer. So what happened was, seriously, I was like the winner of the race was coming around the corner when Joe came around the corner. Nice. I got the crowd hyped up big time. Mate. And she came nice. around the corner. And so it was definitely a highlight for her. So, yeah. No, I don't think she sprinted to the finish. I think she just kept that smile on her face and got to the end. So she was, she was over the moon. So was, I was yeah, very proud gosh. of my girl. It was very good. Good stuff. Anyway, guys, we'll be back uh, again next week. Again, it's the last show we do before we get back in the studio. So let's, let's lock this one in, Jombo. Oh, we got one more after this. No, no, this is, no, we've got one, yeah. This yeah. is a tenth. Yeah, next week we've got one more. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that makes sense. Quality shows, quality shows. Iron Rust. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.